this is Barthi and Haiti. We're your boozy brunch girlfriends and welcome to our podcast where we'll drink and discuss all the fun and random things that we're thinking about and experiencing in our lives. Our goal is to provoke new ideas, thoughts, and inspire you to have similar conversations with your girlfriends. Uh, hey, Haiti. Hi. How are you, Barthi? I'm good. How are you? fabulous enjoying <laughs> my lemon drop how about you same enjoying my lemon drop which is for sure stronger than i intended for it to be mm. you sure you didn't intend it to be that strong <laughs> i definitely didn't because <laughs> I, I i definitely like i'm still working my way through my um ginger infused vodka so i definitely didn't want it this strong mm. wait did you use ginger infused mm-hmm. vodka i did Ooh. i did yeah it's actually really it tastes so delicious with the ginger infused vodka that sounds really yummy what'd you put in there okay so i have um i i eyeball the recipe which is why it's now much stronger than it should have been um it's it's the recipe called for two ounces of vodka half an ounce of triple sec um what's it called simple syrup and lemon one ounce of lemon and one ounce of triple sec um sorry one ounce of simple syrup i eyeballed a lot of it so (laughs) i'm sure there's more simple syrup or more lemon or more definitely more vodka in there um so yeah what recipe did you follow today um so I use the same recipe, I think the same one, because you okay. sent it to me, right? Except for, as usual, I kind of do my own thing after right. I look at the recipe, right? So I looked at the recipe, and I saw, okay, lemon juice, uh, vodka, triple sec, simple syrup. So I was like, okay, sweetener, some citrus, and vodka. So yeah. that's exactly what I did. I was like, okay, I'm going to squeeze a whole lemon, one whole orange. So instead of the yeah. simple syrup and the triple sec, I was like, I'll just do one orange. It's the same thing, right? Except there's no liquor in the orange. Um, and vodka. And that's it. That's all that's in there. Nice. So cheers to you. Cheers. I made these um, last week. And when I made them last week, I actually followed the recipe a little bit closer. And I made them in shot glasses and I lined the rim with honey and sugar. And that was delicious too. I bet. I bet that was really, really delicious. Um, I think I kind of want to try that next time, like rim the rim the glass with something. I didn't rim the glass today. Yeah, no, I, I put mine in a mule mug today and I didn't rhyme. Rim. <laughs> no, what's the word I'm looking for? Rim. No, line. No, no. honey. Lined- sugar the <laughs> rim. rim. Yes. Something. I don't know. <laughs> you know, put stuff around the rim. Clearly yours is just as strong as mine is. <laughs> I, I didn't measure anything. I just kind of threw stuff in there. So yeah. Yeah, probably, <laughs> probably, probably. <laughs> um, so what are we talking about today? We're talking about relationships. Oh, part two of relationships. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and more specifically, relationships with our significant others. Yep. Yeah, because, you know, relationships can be pretty much anything, mm-hmm. you know, but 
we are going to focus on navigating relationships with significant others and all different kinds of roadblocks and um, I don't know, experiences. What would you call it? Experiences. Yeah. 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 It's just ha- like navigating different um, flavors, <laughs> <laughs> different experiences, different, different outcomes. I don't even, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the yeah. right word is. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't know either. I don't think I, I don't think I have a word for it. Yeah. So, so I mean, what, other than the fact that we wanted to do clearly focus on relationships first, what drove us to talk about significant others? Honestly, I think because that's such an important part of most people's lives, mm-hmm. relationships with significant others and companionship and, you know, finding someone that you really jive with and you want to grow old with or you know raise a family or whatever it is you want whatever you're looking for out of life you know not everyone wants the same things but I think at a minimum most people are looking to find someone that they can share life and like you know witness each other's lives together Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. Um, I also think that r- when we think of relationships, we immediately go to significant other too. It's so easy to like, that's the, when we think relationship, that's the, um, the go-to. Uh, yeah. Like that's the definition we go to. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, we did want to address that in a very different way because we feel that relation you could have relationships with you know your barista at you know whatever place you get your coffee from but with that said there is this importance with um significant other relationships Mm -hmm. so yeah so i i you know for me it was very um it was really important to talk about just how we navigate Interrelation, uh, inter, interracial. <laughs> I was going to say interrelationship relationships. Wow, um, <laughs> interracial relationships with a significant other. Um, you you pointed out like inter um, religion relationships with significant others. Um, there, there's so much variety here, right? That we can. Yes, I think they all kind of apply. I think. Um, in- in general, navigating relationships where you both bring very different things to the mm-hmm. table. Yeah. You know, where yeah. you come from different cultural backgrounds or um, different, um, like your family units operate differently. Because sometimes you can you can come from very similar backgrounds. Like my husband and I come from very similar backgrounds, but our family units operate differently. Like. Mm-hmm you know, the way that his family is with each other and the way that my family is, my family's like all up in each other's businesses. Whereas his family is a little bit more like, you know, your business is your business. And if you (laughs) want to share it with me, that's great. And if you don't want to share it with me, that's great too. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's so interesting. I, that's such an interesting point because that is so true. Um, 
this reminds me of like going back to our conversation that we had about our relationship and the importance that we found in sharing values and like morals and um, belief systems. I think you have to have some of the same belief systems in place with a significant other. Um, obviously even more so because eventually maybe you'll live with them or spend a lot of time together. <laughs> I think it's it's really important to long-lasting relationships mm-hmm. to to have similar values and to yeah. hold similar like views on moral issues. Um, I mean, I've been in relationships where we share a religion. I've been in relationships where we have completely different religions. Right. And the experience... In both of those relationships, interestingly enough, has been similar because in the relationship we share religion, my um, commitment to the relate to the religion wasn't to the same degree of the other person's commitment, so that created conflict. Yeah, and then in the relationship where we had different religions, we were both like we both had similar levels of commitment to our religions, but they were different religions. So yeah. kind of finding a balance, like bringing that together. Yeah. And I, I have found honestly that we're the, the religion, the, the religion, the relationship where I've thrived the most as far as religion is what one where neither one of us has a strong attachment to religion. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And that's my marriage now. Like right. neither one of us, like we're in a place in our lives where neither one of us, like we believe in, like we're spiritual people, we believe in things, mm-hmm. but neither one of us has this strong attachment to a religion or to a set of beliefs. You, know, you must believe this yeah. in this way. Yeah, exactly. I, th- I think that's really, that's such an important distinction. I think if you're, you know, if you're following organized religion religion, and you're following all the tenets of that organized religion, it can be, and your significant other is of another organized religion, that's when it becomes a little, um, is tenacious the right word I'm looking for? Um, <laughs> something, it becomes something. It becomes, it, it, could, it could create conflict with the, with the in- individuals involved um, and navigate. I haven't, I haven't had too much experience with navigating when someone is like super religious. Um, but I have dated definitely outside of my, my ethnicity and my race Um and I know you have as well. And <laughs> and I and I I say that to say I think it's very similar. Um, because there's always the one person in the relationship that feels I think they're the dominant person in the relationship and they try to like absorb you into their ethnicity, their culture, their race. Yes, I think that definitely that definitely happens. And I honestly, I don't know that it's just a like a factor of that person. Mm-hmm. I think it also has to do with the environment that person is in because yeah. 
they, they might be absorbed by by that culture, whether totally. it's religion or you know cultural background, food, uh, language, whatever it is. That it's they're so absorbed in it that I think that the natural thing to do is to just like cover the other person like a blanket and all of that stuff. Yeah, yeah, you totally. Know, and kind of disregard who they are, right? In, in a sense yeah totally like, hey here's here's all this stuff that i am and here's all this stuff that i'm a part of and and here like be a part of it too yeah exactly and then and that applies for religion too even though like like i said i haven't had that personal experience however i know i know people that have had that experience where they're of two different religions and one one person will try to absorb the other into their religion. So I I think I ultimately the point that I would want to make with this is just like in order for me to I have to ask myself, I have to take a step back and ask myself like if I am the person that's absorbing them into my stuff, my life, then I have to take a step back and ask myself do I love them for who they are holy and like their experiences who they are because that all of that intersectionality like being a different race or ethnicity or religion that all applies into who they are as a person therefore if I'm trying to absorb them into my stuff then do I actually love them for who they are Absolutely. And I think if you're on the other end of that, if you're the person who's being absorbed, you know, wrapped up in this blanket of, <laughs> of, you know, religion or culture or whatever it is, I think you have to ask yourself, what's the difference between compromise and sacrifice? Mm -hmm. Right. Am I compromising for this relationship or am I sacrificing and giving up parts of who I am to be in this relationship? Right. And, and, what does that mean for me? Right. Um, like, am I okay giving up pieces of myself so that I can be part of this relationship? That Does that matter more to me than all of this other stuff that right. came with me? Right. And I don't think like, and I, I, and I will say like in our youth, maybe we made a mistake of thinking somehow, some way that all of that stuff that we bring to the table isn't a part of our identity, but it really is. It absolutely is. And I, I think I think it's funny that you say in our youth because my my experiences in young like in my relationships when I was in my twenties versus my experiences in my relationships as I got into my thirties was very different as far as what I was willing to give up and give mm -hmm. into. Yeah. I think I was a, a little bit more stand my ground as I got older. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit more like, no, this, this is this all, all, all of this luggage you see here comes with. This, me. This, yeah, so no. you can either take me with all of it. Or yeah. you can leave me exactly where I stand. Yeah. You know, what's so funny. I'm laughing as you say all this. I just had a different conversation. I had a conversation with another friend of ours recently um, over the weekend. And she and I were talking about like, maybe that's what, you know, she was like, maybe that's why they encourage women to get married really young. 
because we just don't know better and <laughs> like when we get older we're just like that's too late. <laughs> yeah like, like we're more mature and we know like no I am not going to sacrifice my beliefs to be absorbed into your life and your family yeah so there's and that I, too <laughs> I think that's it's really easy to do when I mean when you're younger at least from my personal experience it's really easy to think oh or I'm just compromising yeah I'm compromising for the sake of the relationship yeah you know I'm learning this new religion and choosing to to go this route for mm -hmm. the sake of the relationship because this relationship has more value than my religion or this relationship has more value than the yeah. food I grew up eating or this relationship has more value than the language I grew up speaking. Right. Right. I, that hits home because I think we've, like I said earlier, you and I both have had relationships that are outside of our religion, outside of our race, outside of our ethnicity, um, different cultures, different everything. And and I, I'm not like, I'm not necessarily sold that you have to date or be with someone in your specific religion, culture, ethnicity. If that's what you want, great, awesome, good for you. Um, I don't know if, if that's like the only way to do it. <laughs> like, I, I, I'm open to like all possibilities. So every time you say that, it, it triggers this laughter in me. <laughs> it just makes me think of my sillier younger self and i had a very strong stance on who i wouldn't date <laughs> well so i've i've dated across the gamut like people mm -hmm. from you know different cultures countries religions um but i would absolutely positively never ever ever date a dominican you would marry one Yes. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, to be fair, you guys didn't really date. You were like, we, you. I mean, we did. We absolutely. We yes, we did. <laughs> I mean, what? Like a couple of weeks, and then you were engaged. No. <laughs> <laughs> or no, you moved in together. I mean, come on. Uh uh. No, come we on. Dated, we dated six months before we got engaged. No way. Yes. Yes, we did. It, no. I know it doesn't seem like it, but <laughs> and then you got married in what, like a two month, right? Like two months. Uh, uh, yeah, no, no, <laughs> like three months after that, we got we got engaged in March and we got married in August. Okay, so we we dated for some time, but we'd known each other for like five years. At right, that point. right. You know, I think. That's a, that's a story for another day. Yes, back for sure. To the, back to the Dominican piece, you know, for our listeners who don't know, I am Dominican. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, in I case. Was, yes. <laughs> in case you didn't know. <laughs> I was born in the States, but my parents, you know, born and raised Dominican, first generation immigrants. And um, I, like, the culture is very... Um, sexist there's a lot of machismo there's a lot of um you know the woman's role is this and the male mm. the, the men's role is this my great grandfather had three i don't know if they were called wives because i don't think he was married to all three of them 
but he had three families, like three yeah. established families, and they all knew of each other, and that was acceptable back then. And like, I think growing up seeing that and growing up knowing that that was acceptable at some point made me feel like I don't want that for myself. Yeah. And like seeing the men in my family who, you know, I, I love and right. like appreciate for everything that they, that they are, but had so much of that in them made me feel like, oh, I, that's not never, I'm never going there. Yeah. Ever. Like, yeah. Even, even though my own dad wasn't anything like that, like that never happened in my house within like within the time period that I was conscious enough to make those choices mm -hmm. that never happened in my house, mm -hmm. but I still felt like, Nope, not, I'm not doing it. Not going there. I am not dating a Dominican. Yeah. Listen, I but think that I married one. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's totally fine. You know, um, here's the thing. Like, I, I think that that's pretty, um, the story you tell of a, very patriarchal system um, is very true in India and for Indians as well. And I, I don't, I won't even like just say it for Indians as well. I will say for South Asians in general, I hear the same type of stories for um, Pakistanis and for Bangladeshis and um, that whole region. Um, I'm, I am the first generation born here Indian person in this uh, friendship. <laughs> and, and I, you know, I've had those moments where I've dealt with really sexist and they don't know that they're sexist. This is the, this is the biggest problem to me. It's like, they don't even know that they are legit sexist. And mm -hmm. um, it throws me for a loop and, but they are sexist. And I've walked away from those conversations thinking like, oh, man, these brown boys are just so disappointing. <laughs> like, God, you know, so then when you meet someone that's not from your, you know, not from your ethnic background and they treat you in a very different way, then it's so easy to make these types of correlations in your mind like mm -hmm. oh all the indian guys they they're kind of like this so therefore it you know like you know white boys are fine or like um whatever are fine yep. right yeah yep so no, exactly. yeah it is really easy to just block out that whole segment of what yeah. you're familiar with and don't like yeah but listen like if i would be dumb to like like completely ignore 500 million <laughs> people, <laughs> right? Like, like I'm, I'm, uh, one of, like, <laughs> I'm one of those, like, I, I have almost dated, like, almost every race. Like, there's a few that I haven't. Um, almost every ethnicity, there's a few, like, that I haven't. Um, yeah. I, I'm never, I've never been that, I'll give, yeah, I, I give people a try. You'll give everyone a chance. Yeah, like, I'll give you a chance. But like, if there's a repeated behavior that I see, then I'm turned off by that. And, and that's what I have seen in the Indian community. Um, and similarly, what you're describing, you've seen that in the Dominican community. And I think that that's pretty like common 
in these patriarchal systems that we live in. Yeah. And I think that's why when I met my husband, the fact that he was Dominican didn't really dawn on me Mm -hmm. because he was not, he didn't fit that narrative. Yeah. Yeah. He broke that narrative for you. Yeah. It's the same thing, you know, watch like two weeks from now, I'll meet like an Indian guy that's going to totally break the narrative. And I'm going to be like, Oh, great. (laughs) But you know, I don't, I, I will say like, in, with my with my maturity over time, I don't necessarily believe like believe the same thing that I did when I was younger that like all Indian men are this way or all you know whatever men are this way. Yep, I mean obviously same here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've, I've, I'm more mature now. <laughs> and just you know, I drink a lot. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, uh, I think the other thing that that I've encountered personally in interracial relationships is um, racism. Oh, my God. Yeah, there's so much racism. You know, I think being Afro-Latina with brown skin, with the soft curls, like, I think at times when I've dated people that aren't necessarily familiar with me or people who look like me their initial reaction is like what what do I make of you Mm -hmm. like who are you what are you whatever that means like Mm -hmm. who cares but you know yeah to them that matters yeah I you know again in the same conversation that I was having over the weekend with my friend um our, our friend um Samara um I one of the things that we were talking about is we didn't know when we were growing up what things were covert racism or covert sexual assault or, or whatever, or right. Um, We, the, the society, like society as a whole has been, you know, there's like a toxic rape culture. There's a toxic uh, white supremacy culture there or toxic patriarchal system there that has allowed for it to become like ingrained in our minds that like, Mm -hmm. this is normal. Um, you know, for, for like very, very simple example is it's like when a guy pressures you to like make out or whatever else, that's legit sexual assault. You guys, (laughs) I, I mean, I think I was having this conversation with you about watching a movie or maybe it was a show where oh, yeah. the guy asked the girl, is it okay if I kiss you? Yeah. And to me, like that kind of threw me for a loop because I, I'm used to, you know, the movie where the guy just leans in for a kiss and that's okay. Like there's right. no, there's no permission needed. There's no yeah. consent. Yeah. It just yeah. is. Yeah. Know? So I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to bring this back to racism, right? It's the same thing. Like when, when someone's asking you, can I touch your hair or what are you? These are, these are very like covert racist things that are happening. And all of those things have happened to me. Like yeah. actually I had someone in, in, you know, related to someone I was dating, touch my hair 
and kind of like feel to see what my hair felt like. And it was like, I didn't, I didn't feel offended or upset by it. Just kind of weirded out. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Like your body's telling you, this is weird. This person should not be touching you. (laughs) It was was more like, oh, why, why is this person doing that? Yeah. And then, and then it was revealed to me why this person was doing doing it. Because then they proceeded to to share a story about someone they knew who married outside their race and then really struggled with their children's hair. And, you know, like what a terrible experience that was for them. Oh my God. Like, why would they think it's okay to even share that? Like how inappropriate. Also, like, it doesn't even like, I have so much to say about this. All I'll say is it's inappropriate. (laughs) If you or your family is doing this, please take a step back and don't do it ever again. (laughs) Um, But no, but but I've had like, you know, um, you know, bless, you know, I've lost all four of my grandparents and bless them. But like my grandmother, um, she, she was pretty wild like she she would say some really wild things about like complexion there is a lot of anti uh blackness in the indian community or in the south asian community um it's not it, there's a lot, there's a lot of colorism in it's ingrained in our society i mean this is a society that this is a this is a region of the world that was colonized for over 200 years. That's why the mentality is there and it's going to take time for it to be eradicated and that's okay. Um, but colorism is a real thing that's happening in our culture and we have to address that. But my grandmother, bless her, she she didn't know any better. That's how she was taught and she kind of perpetuated some of this and, you know, as her grandkids, we would just laugh it off because we know it's just like ridiculous, right? My, you know, so I'm, I'm nodding my head up and down, up and down. <laughs> you're saying all this. I have very similar experiences in my family, like mm-hmm. a, a lot of, you know, colorism and racism mm-hmm. and because, you know, Hispanics, Latinos, you know, Latinxes in general, like we look so different. Yes. You know? Yeah, you can have somebody who is blonde hair, blue eyed and somebody with very, very dark brown skin, brown, you know, brown eyes and very, very tight curls. Yeah. And they both speak Spanish. Exactly. You know, yeah, we we look so different. And like I think about my own family, my my dad was you know brown skin with the curls Mm -hmm. and my mom is a little bit more like a lighter tan and her family has more european influences in it and my dad's family has more african influences in it and my my mom and dad dating was like a big it was a big thing at the time like oh you know you're gonna you're gonna ruin the race like those, those comments were made. You're going to yeah. ruin the race yeah. because you were marrying somebody who was considered to be, I don't know, like a l- lower class citizen almost in a way because yeah. of how they looked. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm, I wanted I wanted to bring this up. So you you brought it up. I'm glad for that. Like, like it's not just race and religion. It's class too. People are bringing in like inner class. Like you know, that's that's, and it should be. By the way, <laughs> like we shouldn't be thinking about class. <laughs> like, hello, <laughs> it's Seriously. 2020. Seriously. <laughs> but this is a thing. This is this was commonplace in um, just a generation ago. This was completely commonplace just a generation ago. So it's going to take some time to break some of that down. Um, so we have to be compassionate towards ourselves and have empathy for that system that's there, but we notice it. So we have to like break that down too. Yep. I really commend all of the people who stay in and successfully work through, you know, interreligious, inter mm -hmm. interracial relationships because they establish a, um, a model for everyone else to see that, that this is okay. Like, yeah, it does work. You yeah. can be in a happy, successful relationship with someone who doesn't look like you and right. bring the same exact things to the table as you do. Yeah. Because relationships have enough intricacies as it is. Mm -hmm. Like there's enough things that go into making a relationship work. So I think, you know, people outside of the two people in the relationship adding all of these other yes things to it it adds so much drama yeah yeah i have um i you know I, I know i've shared this with you haiti but like um to our listeners i have a lot of really great interracial examples in my family um especially in my dad's side of the family and my mom's side of the family um it's really weird because they they label that as like a negative or a bad thing um or they have for the longest time and now i think they're kind of like starting to come around because they've seen the the examples in my generation work out mm -hmm. but i have examples of this in my dad's generation so my dad's brother my dad's siblings my dad's uh cousins have you know definitely married outside of the indian and not just indian but like they're they're like these um for lack of a better word because my brain isn't working because of the vodka <laughs> subcultures um within india and we're we're sindhi specifically and most of my dad's siblings and cousins all married sindhi men and women and then you have a handful that married someone completely outside of all of it. They've, you know, we're, we're, I'm talking Irish and Italian and um, Vietnamese, I believe. I could be wrong and I apologize for that. <laughs> so, like, I have different examples of that working very, very well. And these are successful, beautiful relationships, long lasting. I have a cousin who chose not to get married, but has been in the longest relationship. I know like you know, one of, that I know, like he has been with his partner. I don't know, since he was 18 years old and he's older than me. So they're basically married. They're basically <laughs> married. Yeah. 
and she's not Indian, you know? So, and, and they like, they've broken the mold for everyone. Not only is she not Indian, they don't have children, you know, like they've really created a new model in our family. And I'm so grateful that my father's side of the family is just so open and so just accepting of that. And, yeah. Yeah, that's that's really important. It's important to have those models and it's important mm-hmm. to create the space for them mm-hmm. within families because I think families can be such a um like such a force in yes. one way or another as to how relationships thrive or or don't make it. Right. Right. We all come with these pre-existing conditions. I'm Indian. I'm first generation American. I, you know, um, listen, I, I like, you want to talk about class, definitely working middle class family, right? Um, it, you know, one, you know, multiple siblings, right? Like, it's not just, I'm not the only child. I had to work my, you know, like I had to work for it. Um, I didn't, I wasn't like the smartest cookie. <laughs> I wasn't the sharpest, <laughs> the sharpest crayon in the box. Yeah. Like what I wasn't the, yeah. Yeah, like whatever the saying is, like, I wasn't the sharpest one in the, in the box. Um, I had to kind of pave my own way. I did something really different. I'm not an engineer. I'm not a doctor. I'm like, you know, like I've broken the mold in many, I was many just ways. Say, you broke that mold. Yeah. But I broke the mold in many, many different ways. Like I'm very much adamant, like, no, I will marry when I find the person that like, I love fully. Like, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to get, you know, I've, I've broken the mold in many, many different ways. And, and it's because of my father's family that has set the example for me to be able to pave my way. And I, you mentioned pre-existing conditions like yeah. when we talked about families. And I think that something important to note is when you're in a relationship, how it affects those quote unquote pre-existing conditions, like how mm-hmm. it affects how you, how, how you interact with your family, how you interact with your group of friends, yeah. you know, yeah. Like how, how does it change those things? And what does that tell you about the relationship? Oh my gosh, this you're you're making like I had an instant like um memory come up in my head. I was dating this guy um a couple of summers ago. He's Jewish, he's a few years older than me, but he comes from a really small family. He comes from a his his parents only have like maybe one sibling each. He has one sibling. I've shared this before. I come from a massive family. And listen, like, I don't need to see my family every single day to get down with my family. Like, like we will party and we're social and we're like loud and we're everything, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> I remember, and then I was thinking- As big families- can be can be yeah yeah and then then I was thinking like oh I have friends like like 
Haiti is my friend and has been my friend for a million years. This person is going to have to be able to navigate that too. And I remember thinking like, I have to let him in on this. Like he has to understand that this is the, this is the life I have, you know, like I have a huge family on both sides of fam, on both sides, my mother and father's side. And then on top of that, I have, you know, a really close friend who also has a large family. And then I have, in addition to that, I have tons of other friends and we're part of each other's lives in this way. And if you, it, to me, it's like so super important that my significant other be able to, he doesn't have to be able to be okay with it all the time, hundred percent of the time, right? Like he has to be able to navigate that that's my pre-existing condition Mm -hmm. and like you can't be okay with it and he wasn't (laughs) he totally wasn't therefore (laughs) yeah he he totally wasn't so he you know he he left but but that's so important you have to be able to navigate that but that brings me to another point Mm -hmm. you know like those are the kind of important things that you need to know in the beginning so that you're not oh yeah quote unquote wasting time in a relationship totally sometimes we spend years and years like quote unquote trying to make something work right or just stay in a relationship that we shouldn't be in for a very long time just because we've been in it for you know like oh well we've already been here for two years so what's another year or two yeah yeah no i i told him pretty quickly up front like this is this is the situation i have a really big family and and that and then you know and he thought for sure like oh big family no big deal but i broke it down like hey look i want to be i want to be honest about this i want to be upfront about this it's not just big family I see them once in a while, big family. And when there's an excuse to throw down, we're throwing down. (laughs) (laughs) So, and, and he was just like, Oh, and then then I divulged like friends and, and I, and I, I gave this information up front because I, you know, when he told me he came from such a small family and he rarely saw his cousins, two that cousins. Kinda, yeah, that kind of set off. Exactly. Yeah. That totally set off like, oh yeah. man, I have to be honest. I have to be upfront. I have like a hundred cousins. Yeah. But this, I mean, it could have been somebody that you who really liked and, mm-hmm. you know, spent, spent a few months getting to know or whatever and then you got to this piece of information that just deteriorated the relationship after you've already invested all this time in it exactly um exactly you don't want to be in a situation that you're invested so much time because that's when you get into the negotiations right that's when you're like i'm willing to compromise i'm willing like i've already invested two years in this relationship i'm willing to compromise and i'll give up my family for the sake of what i don't know yep yeah and that's 
And that's where, you know, compromise becomes sacrifice. Exactly. Exactly. And now you're just giving away pieces of yourself to be in this relationship. Right. Now, listen, if you, <laughs> you may not be Haiti or myself, you may be the person that comes from a big family and you're like, I definitely I don't want to see those guys. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you don't want to interact with anyone. <laughs> Today, maybe that'll work for you, and you can get developed into their their life, and that's okay. I mean, just because it made sense for us to eliminate that kind of relationship doesn't mean it's going to be okay for you. You have to figure out what those compromises and those sacrifices are for you. Yep. No, you have to decide. You have to yeah. decide what you're willing to to do. To yeah to make this relationship work or to navigate through it. Yeah, exactly. So what else? I don't know. Relationships can be complex, but relationships can also be very easy. You know, we just talked about how your, like our relationship was easy. <laughs> so like, therefore, like they can really truly be easy. I definitely think that like I could, and and I'm sure you feel the same way. Like, um, we could duplicate this relationship into a relationship with a significant other. Absolutely. I mean, I think about my relationship with my husband, and that's most of the time pretty easy. Mm-hmm. Like, even as we're navigating racing, raising young children and yeah. being homeowners and working from home and being business owners and you know, all of this other stuff, like yeah. most of it is pretty easy. Like we have our moments, but who doesn't? Who doesn't? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like when you're navigating kids and, and the schedules and money, that's a lot. Yeah. And dreams, you know? Yes. Yeah. I think that's a really big, that's a really big piece We're we're both, very big cheerleaders of each other's dreams. Yeah. Like there's no such thing as a pipe pipe dream, you know. Yeah. Like you you want to do that? Go, let's go do it. Let's do it. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, do it. Figure <laughs> you know? it out. Let's do it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. What what does that mean for us as a family? Like what what are yeah. we gonna have to change or adjust or figure out? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Like what does that mean for us? I think I think that's true for I would imagine that's true for any relationship though right like like I think you and I are cheerleaders of each other as well mm-hmm. and yeah. if we and, that, and that's exactly one of like one of the things that make us work yeah exactly that's exactly why it works yeah. sorry guys if you heard that <laughs> that was my phone <laughs> important phone call no (laughs) interrupting our boozy brunch for a phone call no no nothing like that it was just um you know a little niece calling oh is she calling is is it her dinner time not yet (laughs) not yet this is probably just like she's just a check-in yeah 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 it's probably just a check-in she's probably like i'm kind of bored who's gonna who's gonna Uh, entertain me (laughs) 
<laughs> Me and my niece have dinner together on FaceTime. <laughs> that is cute. That um, is too cute. Yeah. And then recently, obviously, we had dinner in person and she just really enjoyed it because um, we were together in 3D. She didn't have to like, FaceTime me. <laughs> she didn't have to FaceTime you. <laughs> exactly. 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 Yeah. But yeah. What else do we have to say about this? I feel like we, I mean, we could say so much, but I feel like the main takeaways are just be like, notice what you are compromising on and whether it's an actual compromise or if that's a sacrifice for you. And is it a sacrifice that you're willing to make? Yeah. Yeah. And then have those conversations early on. It may not, it may feel like, you know, society tells us those conversations are too much in the beginning, but um, you can ease your way into those conversations early on by just sharing a little bit of who you are and like what you're doing with your time. I I was just going to say that like the other important piece is don't be afraid to share pieces of you don't be afraid to share who you are and you know in the beginning of a relationship because Mm -hmm. if that person is not willing to accept you know what you bring to the table whether it's the food or the language Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. the religion or you know your your stance on social issues yes when when is it a better time to call it quits than right at the start yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad that you brought up social justice. Like I think about this too. It's just like would right now, right now in 2020 post or not post post during pandemic with the election, the way it's gone, would I be okay with someone that probably calls himself a Republican? Yeah. I'd be like, um, <laughs> I'd be really confused by that. I'd be like, wait a second. Have you been watching the news, the same news that I have? <laughs> you know? No. Yeah. yeah I, I, I have, I mean, I have a personal issue with subscribing same. to like political parties same. or like yeah. things that, that give you a label and put yeah. you in this lane yeah. in general. Like I, I don't, a, yeah. Like, that's my personal issue. Like why should I subscribe to or follow something that doesn't represent everything that I am. Yes, I totally agree. I'm actually like very honestly to the world. I'm undeclared. (laughs) I am not pro one political party or another, but like someone that like proudly goes around this universe and just says like, yes, I'm a Republican right now. (laughs) That's confusing to me. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I I would definitely find that a little confusing yeah like really guy like really like really are you sure about that are you sure like, <laughs> mm, I don't know. <laughs> so that's how you want to play it <laughs> yeah yeah like i wouldn't no judgment you are who you are but like oh, okay i see you <laughs> swipe left <laughs> i mean i i also don't I don't know why people would lead with that in a like you some know, people in a relationship. So unless unless you were very 
adamant about matching up with yeah. people who have those same yeah 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 beliefs yeah no i totally I, and i have seen it because i have um done some online online dating um and i'll see on like bumble or whatever where guys will put in their profile oh i don't believe in like blm or i don't believe in um oh feminist feminism is stupid whatever like whatever Mm -hmm. they say or or i'm a proud republican they'll put that in their profile like and um i for sure a thousand percent would swipe left on that Mm. and and it's like no judgment i'm like there are people out there for you and like more power to you you'll find them um but i I 1000% believe in BLM. I've supported it since 2012 or 13 um, when Tavion Martin was murdered. So, so so, (laughs) like, if you don't like, we're just not going to get along. (laughs) But I, I mean, I just, I just go back to, I don't, I guess i don't understand why why yeah they would yeah because they because they don't want to have someone that's going to preach quote unquote preach to them like why blm is uh, beautiful. okay okay yeah, yeah. okay yeah okay that's, that's all it that. is yeah they don't want yeah. someone they're not they don't want someone that's going to say the patriarchy sucks. someone that's going to challenge their their world yep okay. exactly yeah exactly. that makes sense yeah if you don't want to be challenged in your worldviews then you want to stay in your silo absolutely absolutely and that's totally fine right like you'll find the wife that's gonna help you uphold that and like that good you know go everybody deserves love you deserve it too go find it but it's not gonna be me because i'm not looking to keep what was i'm looking to what can be yeah what can be i'm looking for possibilities i mean like this podcast is a great example of that. Like, how can we share our our point of view? Let's create yep. this. Yeah. Yep. yeah, yeah. That's a totally different conversation. We'll we'll <laughs> put a pin in it for next time. <laughs> yes, I feel like we've pinned a bunch of stuff. So. Yeah, for sure. We'll yeah. have more things and like and share with us. Tell us like you know. Tell us like what kind of drinks you want us to have. Um, topics that you want us to talk about um where you know obviously we could be found on boozy brunch uh girlfriends on instagram just share with us we we want to interact with you we want to hear what you want to hear yes yes we definitely want to hear we've been on this um citrus drinks uh uh, well except for the coquito Um, Except for the coquito, but right? for the last couple of weeks, we've been on like citrusy this, drinks. Yeah, citrusy drinks, kind of, you know, the mojito, the wait, no. did we do mojito? No, no. we didn't. No. We, well, uh, mule, mule. mule. We had a mule, we had yeah. this. Um, there's a there's an episode, I think, with margarita coming up. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah. So a lot of those similar like citrusy flavors. So we're definitely looking to like, you know, explore beyond yeah yeah for sure yep all right i think that's a wrap i think so too it's been fun yes it's been fun we're looking forward to hearing from you next time (laughs) yes all right talk soon everyone Bye. bye
Thanks for joining us this week on Boozy Brunch. We're your hosts, Barthi and Haiti. Be sure to check us out on Instagram and join us again next week for another Boozy Brunch. What should we drink next week?